Hi, this is Varun Haran, Associate Editor in Asia with Information Security Media Group. I'm speaking with Vitali Kamluk, who is the Principal Security Researcher and also the Head of the Analysis Team in APAC for Kaspersky Labs. And we are going to be speaking about some of the attack trends that he sees from his vantage point in the industry and also the ransomware issue that is affecting this region. Hi, Vitali. Thanks for joining us. So, Vitali, you are in an interesting position. You're the head of research at Kaspersky Labs in the APAC region. What are some of the threat trends that you see here? All right. Our team focuses mostly on advanced threats. So this is something that affects global scale targeted attacks that very often come from nation states or professional cyber criminals that penetrate corporate networks. So what we see in APAC now is the rise of targeted attacks. Um, previously, Asia was kind of a blind spot for us because there were not so many countries involved in professional cyber espionage uh, campaigns. And now the situation has changed to in the last uh, few years, we see even less developed countries. Smaller countries are now showing their cyber offensive capabilities and they are hitting one another in sometimes very ridiculous uh, manner. So we have seen, for example, an attack where one Southeast Asian country tried to compromise the governmental body of another country in Southeast Asia and that was discovered by a security team uh, of the government body and what they did instead of just defending and strengthening up their defense, they tried to counterattack. So they replied with another attack by uh, sending the malware via email to the attacker, trying to trick him into the opening the attachment. And this clearly shows that they are prepared for this. They have accumulated certain capabilities in cyber offense and they are now using this actively. And this all happened in Asia and was quite surprising to me because I thought oh, maybe it would take a little bit more time but it's happening now. It's just a tip of the iceberg that we know about and very often these targeted attacks are extremely hard to find because of by nature they are targeted. Um, yeah, that's what we see, the rise of the targeted attacks in Asian. When you look at the enterprise landscape in the last couple of years, the instances of these kinds of attacks, ransomware, say DDoS, APTs you mentioned is one rising vector. So what are the motivations that you see as head of the research team? What are some of the motivations or attributions that you can get for these attacks in this region? Well, the motivation is quite simple. There are several groups of attackers and they all have different motivations. So there are cyber criminals that are eager to get some money. They may be doing that through cyber extortion or they may be stealing directly from you or maybe they are altering your bank account IDs in the invoices that you exchange between businesses. In any way, all this leads to a financial loss and the money go into the pocket of the bad guy. So these are driven by the money. The second group of attackers is presumably nation-state sponsors attackers or nation states by themselves, they are interested in intelligence. So they are looking for valuable information of strategic plans, of budgets, of military supply suppliers or like contracts. And they are looking for this intelligence that can be used in, in geopolitical way. So these are nation state attackers. And the third group, relatively smaller group comparing to the, the rest, is hacktivists. These are volunteers. Very often they use poor tools or freely available open source tools to conduct attacks. It can be denial of service attacks or it can be um, defaced websites. But the motivation behind all this is just push certain message. They want to be heard. They want to express certain protest and they want to do this on a large scale. That's why they may be hitting big corporations or governmental websites just to be recognized and to be heard. Let's talk a bit about the ransomware issue. Ransomware has become a very chronic kind of problem, especially in India where there's not much reporting happening, but it's common knowledge that the banking sector, for instance, is hit by ransomware 
ransomware a lot, you know, by DDoS extortion a lot. So what can you tell us about the kind of attacks that you're seeing in the Indian region overall? So as for the ransomware, this is quite a common and emerging uh, problem in the whole Southeast Asia and India specifically. When I looked into the numbers and statistics we have for India specifically, I was surprised that India actually has uh, the top number of infections of uh, one of the most popular ransomware families out there. It is called uh, Tesla Creek. So India is number one in the world in terms of number of infections. This is based on our sensors and our products uh, that register activity of ransomware here in India. I also noticed that it's not equally distributed. Mostly those states that have more urban population are affected. That probably is related to the development of uh, internet infrastructure and adoption of technology uh, that explains why there are more victims in, in these parts of India. But yet again, this is not the only threat, of course. Although it is an important one, there are many other threats. The criminals are eager to earn money and they will do everything to, to get them. So there are other ways like cyber extortion when your data may be copied or stolen by the criminals and then they will try to blackmail you, to threaten you with a public release of the data, uh, which may contain customer information, like very sensitive private information of your customers, and it's released publicly, it will completely ruin the reputation of the business. And this is a very important threat, and very often it comes surgically precise targeted attack compromise that is preceding this threat by blackmailing. So, you know, can you quickly walk me through the different kind of ransomware attacks and maybe share some recommendations with security practitioners and what are the best things to do to secure their organizations? So, talking about ransomware, there are several types of this malware. There is a type of malware that is most common. It now encrypts uh, your user data. It can be documents, photos, source code files, and databases, and then demands a ransom to be paid in order to decrypt the data. There is a type of ransomware that just locks your system by preventing your system to be booted once you power on your machine or maybe even if it boots it will show you just a locked screen and will demand a ransom. So the later one uh, are not as dangerous as uh, the encrypting ransomware because when encryption is used the attackers are relying on cryptographically strong algorithms that are not breakable at the moment and without having the secret key to decrypt the data there is nothing you can do. So we're trying to struggle with this by different means from uh, taking down the servers cybercriminals control and extracting the secret keys from them. We also try to find vulnerabilities in implementation of the malware and very often these vulnerabilities lead us to a possibility to decrypt files without knowing the key. But the most efficient of course is prevention and the way how common users can prevent infection is um, there are simple steps. First, try to back up all your important files or the whole system and keep the backup secure inaccessible from the computer that can become compromised another day. Then, a user-liable antivirus solution. Make sure that even if you visit a website that is trusted, uh, let's say it's a news website, it still can contain malicious injections through the banner network and you can still be automatically compromised if you haven't updated your system for a while. So, third step, keep your software up to date. Definitely, the criminals are relying on the fact that users are lazy, they don't update their software and that's why many vulnerabilities that have been patched by the vendor are still working and can be leveraged to compromise the system. And the last step, try to arise user awareness. And this is extremely valuable and applicable for the enterprise customers. Uh, to rise user awareness of all the employees about the threat of ransomware, about the way how ransomware gets in through the email, through the social media, through instant messaging, um, and explain the ways how malware gets in and the possible impact that may happen if it succeeds. So doing some drills by sending messages mimicking 
the bad guys from time to time can help just to see like how many of them click on the link from untrusted source. You can simulate that, right? And then you can tell these people that they should not do this again. So this is a simple things that um, anyone can do to protect their networks and computers. A couple of more questions. You know, you spoke a bit about how public decryption is now possible. You've put tools out there that are free to use that can decrypt some of these, you know, malware like uh, Tesla Crypt. The keys have been released. How effective is that? How effective is depending on something like that? Is it working for enterprises that have been a victim of ransomware attacks? Well, you become a victim of ransomware attack. It doesn't really matter how much it will cost for the enterprise to get the data back very often. There is one difficult point of like paying the bad guy, paying the criminal the ransom, and we strongly don't recommend because this will help them to develop, to grow, to probably come again to your network, or maybe in some cases we have seen they ask for another ransom instead of providing you the decryptor. So it's important not to do that. How difficult it is for the enterprises to use the tools, it is simple. Very often they have important databases or files in single instances encrypted and they just need to recover it. So running the tool on a single machine can help you get the data back and it is free. You can just download it from, from the website and use it straight away. So it is easy, I would say, but of course it is much better to prepare for this attack and not make it happen. No. So there are tools available today that can be used to decrypt some of these locked uh, systems. Yeah, absolutely. So there are type of tools that rely on either vulnerability of the implementation of crypto algorithms in the malware or maybe a key that can be used to decrypt the files in case of specific thematic encryption. But for the other cases, more advanced cases where a more advanced encryption, which is known as uh, asymmetric encryption is used, we don't have the secret key and we have to wait uh, for a chance to get this secret key. So very often this chance comes uh, from a collaboration with law enforcement agencies. They can take down the server, seize the hardware, then they can provide us a copy of the hard drive and we can find the secret keys on this hard drive, sometimes hundreds of keys, and we implement a tool that uh, leverages this information and lets people decrypt the data for free. Right. So, you know, on the LEA angle, you've worked very closely with Interpol in Singapore, for example. What is the effectiveness you see of a law enforcement intervention? And if you could give some examples of keys that have been recovered in this fashion. Mm -hmm. So, cooperation with the law enforcement in this regard is extremely valuable and uh, extremely efficient. So, just last year, we cooperated with Netherlands High Tech Crime Unit, and with the help of law enforcement, we seized a couple of servers where we found secret keys. This year, the story repeats. The same law enforcement agencies helped us to find infrastructure. And by the way, Netherlands is a very uh, popular place to host uh, servers, uh, and a lot of criminals do host it there. So they helped us to reach out to these ISPs and get the data to implement the tools. So I would say it is critical because we don't have these powers in the physical world. As a private company, we are limited to what is allowed by the law, and law enforcement can go and enforce certain steps, but they can enforce getting information from the ISP, and that can be used to implement decryption. So this is very important, and our contribution, our work with Interpol is a kind of a continuation of this effort. So we are trying to, to help Interpol understand cyber attacks better, to assist them with cyber investigations, with malware analysis, explaining them on how these operations happen, how the infrastructure can be controlled, and how can we find the criminals behind it. So it is very important because also every country has own legislation and law enforcement agencies have certain difficulties in requesting information or getting information from other countries. However, internet has no borders, unlike the physical errors, and that's why cyber criminals feel much easier to conduct cyber attacks than law enforcement to investigate these acts. Just a quick concluding question. In the next 6 to 12 months time frame, what are some of the attack trends that you're seeing that practitioners need to prepare for? What are some up-and-coming things that are going to change the landscape? Well, there are 
there are several trends that we see on the rise. There is a, a huge interest of cyber criminals in trying to mimic and implement target attack as if nation states were doing this. So they're copying the model, they're copying the malware and approaches that they learn from the nation state attackers. They implement the same exploits very often in their malware and they operate in the same manner. They're trying to get into large uh, enterprises to get customer information and then extort or, or blackmail them. And also we see the rise of interest of uh, criminals to attack uh, banking infrastructure. So if uh, before they were hitting mostly the, the weakest link, which is the customer of the bank, now they are going after the bank infrastructure itself. And this is quite alarming because we've seen many incidents happened uh, in Southeast Asia already during the past couple of years. And we're sure that they will come again with probably better tools and a bigger scale. So the practitioners definitely have to, to be prepared for targeted cyber attacks. And uh, another alarming trend that we see is a shift of uh, traditional email scam uh, normally done by uh, Nigerian uh, scammers. Uh, now they, they are adapting malware attacks. So they do not develop, they don't have skills very often to develop their own malware, but there is a plenty of resources out there that can provide a malware off the shelf. So they go and buy to this online store and they can also purchase anonymization services such as VPN. They can purchase additional software that can encrypt or compress this malware to make it undetectable by antivirus solutions. They can buy a lot of other you know, plugins and side services that help them to conduct these attacks. They can also buy access to compromised servers to send information from the servers so to make it look completely legitimate. And now we see a huge interest and spike of such scam emails containing attachments with malware. Very often it's just simple off-the-shelf remote access tools available for everyone uh, and they're not so expensive. It's about like $30-$50 and they can start hitting businesses and they do and this is on the rise at home. So we expect this to expand and definitely businesses have to be prepared. Right. Thank you Vitaly for speaking with us. Thank you for your time. That was Vitaly Kamluk, the Director for Research and Analysis and also the Principal Security Researcher for Kaspersky Labs and APAC. For ISMG in Asia, this is Varun Haran. Thanks for listening.